Hey, everyone. I'm Phil Mattingly, CNN's senior White House correspondent in for David Chalian, and this is the CNN Political Briefing. This week marked the end of President Biden's first 100 days in office. And that's, of course, the traditional time frame new presidents set to make good on their first major promises to the nation. President Biden, he was no exception. We will, by my 100th day in office, have administered 200 million shots. I'm going to create a National Police Oversight Commission. Another 100-day challenge is opening most of our K-8 through schools in the spring. Those 100 days have now come and gone, and some of those promises have been met, while others haven't. President Biden marked the moment with his very first address to a joint session of Congress on Wednesday evening, where he highlighted just how uniquely difficult the situation was when he took office. 100 days since I took the oath of office and lifted my hand off our family Bible and inherited a nation we all did that was in crisis. The worst pandemic in a century, the worst economic crisis since the Great Depression, the worst attack on our democracy since the Civil War. So today, we're going to take a look back on Biden's first 100 days in office and see what he actually accomplished. We'll look at his successes, his challenges, and the road ahead for the rest of his presidency. Let's start with the only place we can, the pandemic. Biden campaigned on explicitly getting a handle on the virus and its economic fallout. Less than two months into his presidency, his biggest legislative accomplishment was undoubtedly a historic $1.9 trillion relief package. That package was aimed at tackling the effects of the coronavirus pandemic on the whole. And it was meant to, as he puts it, get shots in arms and checks in pockets. Together we passed the American Rescue Plan, one of the most consequential rescue packages in American history. We're already seeing the results. Now, the actual results? More than 220 million shots in arms, exceeding his first 100-day promise. And then there's the checks and pockets. Pretty big deal. The Biden administration has deployed more than 163 million stimulus checks in his first 100 days. And Biden also quickly moved to strengthen the Affordable Care Act, another central campaign promise where the Trump administration had made several efforts to dismantle the Democrats' landmark health law, the Biden administration, well, they have expanded access, expanded subsidies, and they're pushing to do even more. With the American Rescue Plan and the Affordable Care Act, millions of families will be able to sleep a little more soundly at night because they don't have to worry about losing everything if they get sick. Another big agenda item, reopening schools. Now, tracking the data here, it's a little bit tricky. But one estimate from the private data tracking company Burbio says that about 65% of K-12 students are now attending schools that offer in-person instruction five days a week. That is nearly double, double what it was when Biden took office. Now, on the other hand, Biden has come up short on a few goals he set out to accomplish, and he has encountered some major hurdles. A little while ago, we mentioned Biden's success with the economy, getting those stimulus checks out the door. However, one major point of contention around that $1.9 trillion relief bill was that the final bill didn't include a $15 an hour minimum wage. It's a central progressive priority with the full weight of big time party stars like Senator Bernie Sanders, Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, regularly pushing for its enactment. Any person who thinks that a $15 minimum wage is the crazy socialist agenda is living in a dystopian capitalist nightmare. It is deeply, deeply shameful uh, that we are even having this conversation. But the initial push from Biden, 
It failed. And it failed not just to get enough Republican support, but it also lost several Senate Democrats. It was stripped from the package. Still, Biden is making clear he's not giving up, and he did push for the legislation once again during his joint address this week. Let's raise the minimum wage to $15. No one working 40 hours a week should live below the poverty line. Now, Biden has also had to deal with the ongoing humanitarian crisis at the border. Ten of his 12 executive actions dedicated to immigration so far, they acted explicitly to reverse Trump policies, including ending the Remain in Mexico policy that forced asylum seekers to stay in Mexico until their immigration court dates in the U.S. Yet despite these moves, in fact, in part because of these moves, the Biden administration now can't seem to keep up with the migrant overflow at the border. Thousands of unaccompanied minors have spent days at the border facilities. Biden's handling of the crisis, well, it has drawn criticism from both sides of the aisle. President Biden rolled back a lot of the orders of the previous administration that were working. What I've asked the Biden administration, which I'm a big supporter, listen, you can listen to immigration activists, but you're leaving something else out. You're not paying attention to the communities. And President Biden has also had to walk a very fine line as he tries to address systemic racism in policing. With one fatal police shooting after another, President Biden quietly chose to drop a campaign promise to launch a policing commission. He's opted instead to focus the energy of his administration on passing substantial legislation in Congress, most notably the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act. Then there's the challenges, the ever-present challenges, of addressing guns. Now, as we've mentioned before on this podcast, within a month after the fatal Atlanta shooting, an additional 50 mass shootings took place. And President Biden has taken some executive actions, but so far he's not been able to make much of any headway on the issue on Capitol Hill, with two bills currently stalled in the U.S. Senate. And I'll do everything in my power to protect the American people from this epidemic of gun violence, but it's time for Congress to act as well. You know, all of this highlights Biden's most crucial challenge so far. Unity. Now, we all remember Biden's pledges of unity, his pledges of bipartisanship. In fact, he brought it up explicitly several times in his inauguration speech. And yet, despite that call for unity, on Capitol Hill at least, it has remained a very elusive goal. And Congress, well, it's remained as partisan as ever. Not a single Senate Republican voted in favor of that historic coronavirus relief package. So now we're going to take a look at the road ahead. And to be frank, it really only gets harder from here on out. That much needed unity we talked about, a huge hurdle for major pieces of legislation that President Biden will need to get through Congress. With the filibuster still in place, a 50-50 Senate, Democrats will need 60 votes in order to pass some of their big ticket items. Items like the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act, an immigration bill, gun reform. All of that will require bipartisanship that to this point, just simply has not existed. And then there's the unity within his own party. Biden has big plans, very big plans, for jobs and infrastructure. And on top of that, he just unveiled a second $1.8 trillion proposal, one that would fundamentally reshape the education and social safety net for families in America. Now, the proposals mark a transformational shift in U.S. economic policy, a break from decades of orthodoxy on spending and taxes. My fellow Americans... Trickle-down economics has never worked, and it's time to grow the economy from the bottom and the middle out. They really are sweeping, and they really are transformative, and they already face a wall of Republican opposition. 
Now, significant portions of these plans, they could actually pass with just 50 votes in the U.S. Senate using an arcane budget reconciliation tool. But that means every single Democrat would need to be on board. And guess what? Moderate Democratic senators like Joe Manchin, they have already made clear they may oppose parts of these sweeping proposals, parts that are huge priorities for the progressive wing of the party. And if that's not enough on his plate, Biden also faces immense pressure to unite the country to face global threats. And while Biden took the historic step of announcing the end of the 20-year-old war in Afghanistan, he also has to contend with an increasingly aggressive Russia, a rising China, all on the world stage. So yes, there is immense complexity, whether it's legislation, whether it's economic proposals, whether it's the pandemic, but it's unity, 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 both at home and abroad. That will likely be Biden's biggest test as he faces the rest of his presidency. And that's it for today's special edition of the CNN Political Briefing. Thanks so much for listening. And please take a moment and be sure to follow us wherever you get your podcasts. CNN Political Briefing is a production of CNN Audio. Megan Marcus is our executive producer and Haley Thomas is our senior producer. Our episodes are produced by Will Cadigan, Emmanuel Johnson, Mimi Mutesa, David Toledo, and engineered by Francisco Monroy and Dan DeZula. I'm Phil Mattingly. David Chalian will be back on Monday.